testified to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money for the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Uh, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, who was an apostle called Barnabas. I don't know why everybody's got to have two names. They come to go with two names. Uh, Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold the field that he owned, and he brought the money, and he put it at the apostles' feet. So it paints this picture of what's happening in the church at that time. And, and, and as I read through that, I was so encouraged because I, 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 I looked at what's happening here at Restoration Church. Right, we, we, we share stories of, of converted vans and, and uh, a young man who's, who's traveling the countryside sharing Jesus with people over a cup of coffee. That's amazing. We have, we have uh, a young lady who just got, or is, uh, is she on her way back or is she from Uganda? Where is, is She's back, she told she, she is back, okay. Right, so we have a young lady who goes over to Uganda to, to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We have several young kids that are uh, preparing for a, a mission trip this summer to this summer to Zambia, and and then we have a, a men's Bible study that's connecting with a young group of kids to, to give burgers and to, to, to pray for people and to love on people. We have many people in this church who are stepping up to help others, to pray with others, and and and, 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 and amazing things are happening. We are. Uh, we are starting to partner with, with another ministry here in town that's going to give us opportunity to feed the hungry, to, 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 to clothe people, to, to work with young kids that need help. There's amazing things that are happening through this church. And I'm really excited about it. But then all of a sudden you read verse 5, or chapter 5. So read with me here in chapter 5. And uh, you guys get the idea of the direction we're going here. So caught up in all this excitement of what's going on, there's this couple, Ananias and Sapphira. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept back some for yourself? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and he died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in. Not knowing what had happened, Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price that you and Ananias got for your land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the Spirit of the Lord? That's the key. Listen, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. 
Then the young, the young men came in, finding her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. So we're going to take a pause here and we're going to repass the collection plates. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit's been talking to you all the time. Have it all. <laughs> That's pretty harsh, right? That's pretty harsh. And, and, and like I said, the, the commentaries, the commentaries that I read through, they all deal with what I want to deal with right now. What was the sin? What was it that they did that led to this, the, this judgment, this thing here? And none of the commentaries 100% agree, right? Some say, you know what, it was jealousy. And, and, and I agree. They, they, they probably looked at Barnabas. They saw that Barnabas gave this gift enough to be uh, acknowledged in Scripture, right? So what Barnabas did was, was a, a, a pretty big deal. And I'm guessing that the, 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 the whole congregation, uh, you know, was like, wow, did you see what the Lucas family did. Isn't that amazing? And then, and then Ananias and Sapphira are sitting over here and they're like, hey, we got some property. I want, I want some recognition. I, 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 want, I want everybody to see that we're doing something too. So how about we go home, we'll sell that piece of property that we maybe don't use or, or, or whatever, and um, we'll, we'll give a big chunk of it. Not all of it. We'll keep some back, but we're not going to tell anybody that we're keeping some back. We'll keep some back, and, 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 and then we'll, we'll give back, and then all that honor, all those accolades, all the, the, the pats on the back, they'll, they'll, they'll come to us too. So some, some talk about jealousy, and you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I can, I can see that happen. Some said it was just about selfish greed. You know, if, if I were to be perfectly honest with you, uh, for the first 20 years uh, of my working career, I was a real estate agent, and uh, man, it was that there were years that were very hard, and then there were there were years that were great. But in the years that were very hard, I remember being on our knees, just being like, "Oh man, we can't we can't give as much at church, or we can't give as much to, to this situation because we need this money." We, we, we need what we have, and, and what we had was, was very little. So, so maybe they were being very greedy. You know, it's interesting, 1 Timothy 6.10 says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So I ask you, do, do you trust God today with your finances? you trust him in that area of your life? Because that might be an area where the enemy is trying to get in. Next one, Barry, when we were sitting down for coffee, Barry said, you know what? I just think that they didn't trust God fully. Is that my, my dummy? So Barry said, you know what? I, I, I just don't think that they trusted God fully. 
And, and that kind of makes sense to me too, because just like I said, or many, many years ago, uh, Jenny and I, uh, we would really struggle to be like, well, we need this. We can't really give this amount. So, so we need to keep this back so that we can take care of ourselves. So, so I believe that there was a level of what was going on with Ananias and Sapphira where they just did not trust God. In a way, also, my, my daughter Abigail, she's, she's part of this Zambia trip. And, and there's a really big part of me right now that's like, I don't know that I want my daughter traveling around the world right now. I, I, I don't know if I want her on this trip. I don't know if I want to have her over there and being concerned about her getting the right paperwork or test to even be able to come back. And, and, and so there's a part of me that's been like, no, you know what? We're, we're, we're gonna keep her back, just a little bit back. But the Lord is really gonna work on my heart and say, you know what? I'm gonna trust him with everything. I'm gonna trust him with everything that I have because when, when, when I am selfishly trying to keep something back for myself, that's when the enemy starts to get in. The obvious thing, they were attempting to lie to God. Now, I'm just gonna tell you straight out, you can, you, can, you can lie to man, you can come in here and you can tell me, hey Mike, everything is going great. Oh man, yeah, I've been praying all week, you know, two, three hours a day, spending time in my word, I'm doing this, that, and the other, knowing full well that you have all kinds of junk going on on the inside. And I may or may not know that, but in this instance, the Holy Spirit ratted them out to, to, to Peter and said, uh, this, this ain't the whole story. See, you can't lie to the Holy Spirit. You can't pull one over on God. You can't hide from him. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. And a man will reap what he says. And I, I realize that, you know, we, being in this position here, I want to bring a message that's like encouraging, right? But I think that occasionally we gotta, we gotta take that heavy stuff on because I, I, I think that that's what's happened in our Western culture a little bit is that we've made Jesus our homeboy. <laughs> we've made Jesus our homeboy and he's got my back and it's just, hey, it's all about love and rainbows and all this unicorns and, and all this stuff. And, and God is over here saying, be holy as I am holy. We need to remember that, that this journey that we are on, when we say, you know what, I believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I, I believe in this thing and, and, and I'm following this. We have to remember that God says in here, in here, in this word is how I want you to live. It's what I want you to to pursue. We are to pursue holiness. So we can sit, we can talk about the sin, and the sin that they committed was really bad, but like I said before, I don't think that the sin is the reason that the judgment is so harsh. So I started to pray about it a little bit, and I said, Lord, can you help me to understand why this judgment was so harsh? Why did this happen to this couple? And as I started to pray about it, the Lord was just uh, starting to just put into, into my brain uh, a couple of other stories 
that are difficult to deal with. You have Achan in, 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 uh, in, in, in Joshua. So you have, let me just paint the, the scene here. You have Israel who has just been uh, wandering through the desert for 40 years. And, and, and remember Moses, he didn't pass into the promised land because he wasn't obedient either. That was kind of a harsh judgment. Moses did all this stuff right. He did these amazing things, but he had to watch them journey in without him from a, from a hill, from a mountainside. God takes holiness and doing things right very, very seriously. God bless. So now we have Joshua is leading the Israelites and they're about to pass into the, 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 the promised land. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the young guys in there, his name is Achan. And, and he ends up, after the, the battle of Jericho, he ends up stealing some things. Stealing some, some treasure, so to speak. And, and that was a bad thing because they were very specifically uh, told, don't take anything for yourself. That, that, that stuff is meant to be taken and, 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 and given to God. Not take it for yourself. And I might add that God was in the process of doing a new thing. Taking them into a new land. So he was taking a new group of people, as the old had passed away, he was taking a new group of people into a new promised land. And the instructions were, don't bring sin into the camp. Because, because when, when the devil gets his little way of working in, it can start to disrupt and destroy everything. But God was like, no, I'm going to take my people and we are going to do a new thing. And I'm not going to be lied to. So, so Israel, they had to learn, out the, learn the hard way. They went out to the next battle and they lost big time. They lost big time. And they came back with their tails between their legs. And, and uh, Joshua was like, what's going on? And the Holy Spirit reveals to him, there's sin in the camp. Somebody has stole something. So they inquired of the Lord and it came down to Achan. And Achan said, yeah, I stole something. It's in my tent. I have it hidden. I have it buried. And if you know that story at all, they brought Achan, the rest of his family, his cattle, I mean, everything that he owned, and they destroyed it all. Again, another really harsh, harsh judgment where you're going like, oh man, could they have just said, hey dude, you, you, you've been demoted. Uh, you know, you're going to lose your cattle, everything like that. You're going to be put down in, the, in the, you know, a lower level. Dead, done, gone. Reminded me of another story about a, a guy by the name of Uzzah. Now, Uzzah, uh, again, we have God is doing a new thing. We have uh, King David now has, has just taken that... Uh, uh, has just become king and he wants to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. So again, God is doing a new thing. It's a new beginning, a new era. And God is bringing uh, David in, in, into being the king and David is saying, you know what? I'm going to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. 
But David and the rest of the Israelites forget that God gave them very specific instructions. This is how you move the ark. You move the ark with the priests, with, with certain you know, specific uh, poles, and you move the ark this way and you, you, you walk it reverently. But they said, you know what? The ark's kind of far away. How about we build uh, a wagon? We'll put it on the wagon and then we'll have some, uh, some oxen you know, uh, pull it for us. That way we don't have to work so hard. So they kind of sidestepped what they were supposed to do. But when you read the story, and when I read the story for years, I thought, man, this dude is just trying to reach out and steady the yard. He's, he's guarding God's, uh, God's you know, special thing there. But he dropped that immediately. And I thought, why, why was it such a sin for him to reach out and steady the yard? That wasn't the sin. The sin came into the camp long ago when they decided to move the ark in an in incorrect way. God takes obedience and he takes his word very seriously. We cannot be casual or complacent with God's word. Then I go back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were living in the garden, living in perfection. They literally had one thing, one thing. You know, people say, you had one job. <laughs> right? They had one thing to do. And I always say this too, right? Where would we be without the women in our lives? We'd still be in perfection in the garden. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. Is it? Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Glad you said it. You get some amens out there, guys. Thanks, We have Adam and Eve in the garden. They're living in perfection. And they got, they got one thing to do. Don't touch this tree. Don't eat from this tree. Don't anything, right? Don't do it. But Satan, in the form of a snake, comes slithering into the garden. And he starts to cause doubt in their heads. He starts to twist scripture. Did God really say? Did God really say not to do this? No, he knows that if you eat of this, you will become like God. Pride starts to enter, right? Jealousy starts to enter. Oh, I could be, I could be elevated. I could be something so much more if I would just take of this and do this. And it says that the fruit, when, when, when they looked on the fruit, the fruit was good, pleasing, and desirable. That's sin. And there are many things that we as a church can be tempted to say, you know what, these things are good, pleasing, and desirable. We can ease back on this a little bit. This sin over here, a lot of people really struggle with that. 
we don't want to seem harsh or judgmental. That's the, the word that the world loves to throw at Christians when we try to hold the bar up to God's standards. And we say, this is what God says. And then the world says, oh, you're judgmental. But then on the other side, when we get lax with something, right, then the world looks and says, you're a hypocrite. Heads they win, tails we lose every single time. I'm going to take the road and say, I'm going to stick with God's word. Because, because the Bible does tell us to correct, rebuke, instruct, to, to, to encourage people. And, and Paul even says, who am I to judge those outside the church? Are we not to judge those inside the church? So when somebody says, don't judge me, bro, then I say, well, then, then you're obviously telling me you're outside of the church because the Bible does give me the right to, to, to make a judgment upon you if you're sitting in my seats. If, if you're sitting in these seats and you are part of my community, I'm, I'm absolutely, and not in a mean way, I'm going to speak the truth in love, but I'm going to say, hey, I see this going on in your life. I, I, I see this area that you're struggling, this area where maybe the deceiver is getting in and he's attempting to bring sin into the camp. And we all know that in that situation, God comes walking back into the garden. And again, they're trying to hide their sin. They're trying to hide what had happened. And God's judgment at that time is a spiritual death. And it's a physical death. And he said, now they, they, they should never be able to take from the, uh, the, the, the tree of life and, and continue to live forever. Uh, so, so physical death came into the human race at that time. Sin, disease, uh, everything that, that God had never uh, intended for us to have entered in through that one sin. In each instance, there is an enemy. There, there, there is an adversary that we face that, that's coming in and is causing, is planting that seed to bring destruction to the new thing that God is doing. So let's look at our, who our enemy here is here really quick. John 10, 10 says this, the enemy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have it to the full. John 8, 44 says that Satan is the father of lies, right? You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, uh, not uh, holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a, lie, a liar and the father of lies. There's a really interesting little scripture that I came across as I was reading Genesis 3. And uh, it's in Genesis 4. We have Cain and Abel. And I, I had never put this together before with uh, Ananias and Sapphira. But in Genesis 4, we have Cain and Abel, and once you know it, one of them made a really good offering, and the other one made an offering 
where he obviously kept something back. Right? He, he, he obviously kept something back. And, and, and I want to read what it says after that. Um, this is God talking to Cain. He says, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And as I read that, I thought about the young man that were waiting at the door to carry out Ananias' fire. Sin is crouching at your door, waiting to escort you out. So you ask the question, why such a harsh judgment? Why such a harsh judgment uh, in each one of these situations? And like I said, in each one of these situations, God is establishing something new. And uh, a few weeks ago, John Vanamos came up from a builder's perspective, and he talked about that cornerstone. That first stone that you set has to be perfect. It has to be, it has to be straight. It has to be, uh, it, it's, it's what everything else is going to be measured back against. And if that first stone, if that first one that is laid is not perfect, the, 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 the trajectory of everything else that builds off of it is going to be a mess. So when God is establishing something new, he's going to make sure that it's perfect and he's not messing around. We're starting something new here and I'm not sitting here saying, hey, you all better be perfect. That's not what I'm saying this morning. What I am saying this morning is any time that we are starting something new or God is starting something new or there's a move of God, something that is impacting the kingdom of God for the positive, the enemy is going to try to come and bring sin into the camp. He is going to try to do everything that he can do to create disunity, to, to, to discourage people. You know, I, I, I've talked to some people in, 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 uh, that are part of restoration. They're like, oh, I really like staying at Compassion Heart. I'd, I'd really prefer to stay there. And some people was like, oh, I really like this new location. Or, you know what? Uh, when, when Dave sings, I just don't feel the Holy Spirit moving. <laughs> right? Um, but there's, there's always going to be those little things. And, and, and how, do we, how do we get messy with each other? You know, I, I, in, in, in college... I met this dude. He became my best friend. We decided to become roommates. And it, yeah, I said, uh, 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 bad idea, right? And, and we were best friends, but we were horrible roommates, right? And, 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 and it's, it's like we as a church, the, the more and more that we start to, to move around each other and have ideas and the Holy Spirit's moving and, and this person's getting a word. and Oh, man, you know, uh, Boy, Barry seems to have a lot of prophetic words. I want to be a prophet. How do I, how do, I do that? Or, oh, this person gets to sing a lot. I, I really feel like I should be singing. Or, and, and Satan starts to come in and just drop these little bombs to, to bring disunity into the mix. I want to encourage us today to rise above what the enemy is going to try to do to break this apart. Because I will tell you, what I see happening in Restoration Church right now, I am so 
very excited about where God wants to take us. I am so very excited about the possibilities that exist in this place or compassionate heart, where, 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 wherever, wherever we meet. You know, one of the things that you read in, uh, in, in Acts 5 is it says they met together in Solomon's Colonnade. So I looked that up and I'm like, what's Solomon's Colonnade? It's a porch, it's a covered porch on the east side of the temple, right? They, they didn't have a big church. They didn't have a building. I, I tell you what, the, the sound system, the building, the chairs, none of that stuff matters. What matters is, yeah. Amen. Amen. are we, are we going to look to this or, or, or are we going to just serve coffee and talk about happy thoughts and go on and just say, oh, well, Jesus is about love, so everything's okay now. That's not the way it is. God's word brings correction. I believe the, the judgment was so extreme because God needed to make sure that that first stone was set properly. And, and, and I do believe that it serves as a, as, as a pause for each one of us to look back and say, you know what, God takes sin seriously. And, 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 and I believe that we live in a culture that can be really casual with Myself included. Myself included. So I'm going to wrap up with this. Uh, here's a few things that I just feel like God is wanting to say to us uh, as, as we go on. And, and to bring some encouragement to, to uh, kind of wrap this up. But in Joshua 3 verse 5. Again, the, the Israelites are about to cross over the river into the promised land and start, uh, start to take over the promised land. But what God says to them the night before, he says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow I'm going to do great things through you. That word consecrate means to be set apart. Be set apart. Be set apart to me. Be different from the world. You know, one of, my, one of my favorite quotes, and I hope I say this right, but the reason that the church has so little influence over the world is because the world has so much influence over the church. I don't want to be working so hard to be accepted and approved by worldly standards that I am rejecting God's standard for my life so that I can fit in or put more butts in the seats here. I want to speak truth. And allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to bring people in. Consecrate yourselves. We need to be set apart. Number two, Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search my heart, O Lord. See if there be any offensive way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. How often do we really sit in self-contemplation and say, God, where, where am I wrong right now? Because I'll be the first to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm a bull in a china shop often. I, when I know that I'm right or think that I'm right, I'm, I'm going to just hammer through. And, and, and sometimes, my, well, oftentimes, my wife is really good at, you know, being that pin that's not going to go down. And uh, causing me to say, okay, 
I need to calm down and, and reflect on, you know, I am wrong in this situation. There, there, there's something very strong and powerful about taking time to say, you know what, I, I might be the one who's, who's on a bad trajectory here. I need to get that lined up with God's word. Search our hearts. Number three, guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, when you see that in the Bible, it's kind of important, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And I cannot express enough the importance of being careful of what you watch, what you listen to, what you read. Make sure that this is the filter for what is being absorbed and, 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 and taken in. By you. Guard your heart. Because, because when, when, when you don't guard your heart and you start hearing all this stuff that the enemy wants to start to whisper into your ear, oh, you know what? God didn't really say that. Or a lot of that stuff is Old Testament and written by old dudes, or it's been changed, or it's this, or it's that. All these reasons, all the enemy does to sit there and, and kind of like, what, what's that game where you sit there and pull out things? Jenga, right? That's what Satan does. He starts to just like pull out little things until eventually he gets to the one that he pulls out and everything collapses for you. That's what I see happen so often because people are just allowing the enemy a place to speak into their lives. Can you say them again? What's that? Say them again. Those three things. Oh, consecrate yourselves. Search, search your heart. Guard your heart. And then I'm going to say, meditate on the word. Joshua 1.8 uh, just says, meditate on the word day and night. That you will, and, and, and have these lips in your heart that it will not depart from you. And then finally, resist the devil so that he will flee from you. Sorry, I'm going a little fast here. James 4, 7-10. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Double-minded, morning well. Change your laughter to morning and you, your, uh, your glory to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Got a little bit more, but I'm going to leave it right there. Um, I hope <laughs> that this very difficult piece of scripture was... I hope I did an okay job with that this morning. Um, it was it was it was a lot to to push through. Um, but the main message that I want to say today is is just that God is doing some amazing things here at Restoration Church. I'm excited to be a part of it, and I don't want to see the enemy bring sin into the camp. I don't want to see the enemy bring disunity. So let's be open and honest with each other. And what, one of the big things with that is, is there somebody you need to forgive? Is there somebody you need to talk to? Is there, is, is, is there, is there somebody that maybe you need to sit down with coffee this week and say, you know what? Uh, the, the enemy is trying to, to, to bring disunity in here. We need to, we need to seek reconciliation. We, 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 we need to get this figured out. Let's not let the devil have a foothold in this group. If you're struggling with something, whether it's addiction, depression, anything like that. The, the, this body of believers, we, we have people that want to come alongside of you, pray with you, love on you, and be there for you. Let's, let's attack 
the enemy who's attempting to attack us. Let's bring the fight together. So we'll wrap up. Father God, we just thank you so much for how much you love us. Help us to honor you with all that we say, all that we do. God, I pray that Restoration Church would be used for your glory. And Father, that you would do amazing things in Zealand and through this community. God, you are so good. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to do this. Um, Ellie, can you put Joshua 3.5 up there again? Because Joshua told people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And I want to do just that as we wrap up our time here uh, this morning. I want us to, to sing this song, and uh, it's not a song necessarily that I want you to, to belt out, but it's more of a prayer, and a uh, prayer to be prayed. And I want you in your seats not to stand, just to sit there and pray, uh, and search your heart. You're too often we're, we're quick to go on to the next thing, and I know some people got things to go to, and if you need to, go, go, go do that. Um, but I want us just to focus on our hands and our hearts, and, and it's so important, um, God the only way to be restored to God is through Jesus. It's not by any works that we've done. I want Mike made that clear, and I want to make sure that that's clear. But at the end of the day, too, purity matters to God. Our hearts before him matters to the Lord. And so we need to search our hearts. We need to, to allow the Lord to search our hearts. Are there, are there things that you're holding on to? Are there things that you're holding back from the Lord? Are there, things, are there ways in your life where you're not walking in true authenticity before God and before others? And I would encourage you as the Lord highlights things, grab somebody and say, hey, I need to talk to you about this. I need to process this with you. Because purity matters to the Lord. So let's just sing this chorus together. And just allow the Lord to search your heart. So give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands of God. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. God, let us be a generation that sees, sees your face, oh God of Jacob. God, let us be a generation.